This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. Check it out. I, I tried to take my own life last year. Yeah. Fast forward one year and I'm putting on a concert to help save lives. Yeah. We can all do this shit. Yeah. It's just a matter of making that decision within yourself. It's like, I want change. Yeah. And I want it now, but it has to start with me. And welcome to the Alish and Josh show, I'm going to call it this time. <laughs> Woo, crowd goes wild. <laughs> thank you, thank you. But seriously, welcome to episode five of season two, which we are dubbing the Alish and Josh show for this episode because yes. it's just us. Hello. <laughs> Quite excited to do this, actually. This is sort of a spare-of-the-moment thing for the both of us. Yes. Um, we just felt like it was maybe time to review, recap, you know, the last... How many episodes have we done now? Oh, my gosh, so many. Six and four is what? Ten. <laughs> Jeez, quick math, so that private school education did me wonders. Thanks, Mum. Yeah, we just thought it was time for us to actually have a bit of a chat together and... Because our journeys have changed so dramatically oh, over yeah. the course of this podcast, right? Yeah, it is crazy to think back to who I was at the start of this year and even, yeah, who you were. Yeah, it's crazy, hey. Oh. Not to mention the first episode we recorded was in my, like, Mitch and I's music room at my yeah. place and it was hot as anything and, <laughs> oh, what a pisser. Little did we know we would get this far. Yeah. <laughs> it's so awesome. Two seasons later and we're still here. You guys are still <laughs> putting up with us, so thank you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> But seriously, like it's, it's before we get into this sort of stuff, just want to really show some appreciation for every single one of you that's tuned in. Um, you know, this whole thing, the Human Beings podcast, we created. Um, <laughs> we both had this dream of doing a podcast, and you know, we re-entered each other's lives. It's such an interesting moment as well. Mm. Um, and I voiced to Ailish one night after a few sherbets at um, Old Soul Open Mic Night that or Soul Bar Open Mic Night. My mm. apologies. That I want to do a podcast and Ailish and I just started talking and obviously manifested where we are today. And, and so for every listener that's tuned in, like we both love you guys so much and so appreciative of support. Um, yeah. yeah you know. And every, just like everyone that's been involved, like friends supporting us, even friends that haven't, like it's all the guests we've had, family, everyone that's been involved in some way or another. Sophie, our producer. Um, Jordan, Jordan, our sponsor. Yeah, um, yeah especially. So good. It's just been, it's not been an easy journey. And I think like from an outside perspective, a lot of people have, you know, it's been like, oh, it's so cool. You guys do a podcast, but it has been. It's fucking hard. Yeah. It's so, <laughs> it's, it's so new. To, it was so new to us. Not so much anymore, but. We're still learning. Yeah, it's just been a crazy experience and it's been a real blessing to be able to really come in into ourselves and, and develop this podcast and just provide a safe space for people to share. Yeah. it's It's been awesome and we've learned so much. Oh, with every single guest we've had on, like massive shout out to every single one of the beautiful souls we've had on this this podcast because all of you have played really pivotal points over the last, you know, six to 12 months for us learning about ourselves and, yep. you know, changing things in our life that aren't serving us and helping us get a better understanding of who we are. And in turn, helping you, the listener, maybe answer some questions you've been asking for a while as well. And, um, yeah, it's just one of those things where, you know, we, we just wanted to stop for a second and just really show that appreciation and give back. And so, hence why we're both sitting here right now enjoying a ginger beer while we <laughs> Well, we're just going to 
Hello. Yeah, that's it. Sophie, cue the dance music. Let's go. Um, but no, in all seriousness, so like, let's let's talk about this, right? So when we started this podcast, I know my personal goal in mind was if I could help one person stop themselves from taking their life or going down that dark rabbit hole of depression while well, I feel like I've done my purpose within this podcast. That was my achievement, just one person. Mm. Um, Ailish, what, like, where were you with your goal when we first started this? Because we did have very different, like, not very different, but we did have different views on how we wanted this to pan out. Yeah, for sure. So I love people and it's like regardless of what walk of life they've had or they're having – where they've come from, what their story is. I just love people and I'm that person you find, you know, if I, I don't really go out anymore, but when I used to, it was like I'd bring everyone home or I'd make at least four new friends in a night because I just love talking. We'd either end up back at your place or back at our place <laughs> yeah. after a night out, hey. <laughs> and it was just, it's just been a great experience to embrace that connection mm. and I think I feel that my goal originally was to educate others on all different sorts of topics that I was also interested in so not only educate others but educate myself but the real down like down to the crux of it has been just connecting Mm. and allowing other people via our connection and chats with other people to listen in and connect back to themselves as well and I think we've we've really embraced that path yeah, big time, mm. big time. And, and it's like one of those things as well. And like I think one thing that, um, you know, if, if I can share something with the audience, with all you amazing human beings is like, you know, we're not right or wrong in any of our um, opinions, like quotes or anything that we say through this podcast. Like to us there is no right and wrong. We've said that in numerous episodes, you know. Mm. Like everyone's going through their own experience, their own journey, and everyone's going to discover their own truth in this journey called life. But, you know, all we're trying to do is normalise the fact that you can have conversations about fucking anything oh, yeah. and hold it in a space without judgement and, you know, shaming the other person because it's something that, you know, I personally see is quite um, relevant in this day and age is a lot of shaming and stuff like that. And this is why, you know, another reason why I wanted to do the podcast is to show that you can have these conversations without the judgement and the shame and come to a mutual understanding of both sides of the story. Yeah, right? and it's fun. And I think yeah, it's fun. The, like we've, we've delved into some very dark topics, but it's been fun. Like we always have and really aim to come into these podcasts with a sense of like kid-like nature. Yeah. And it's like we're learning, we're having fun, we're meeting new people and it's such an intimate environment that we really are forced via having that fun to really break down some barriers because it's, you know, anyone – can talk and we all chat to everyone but there's things you can do like oh i gotta go or you can break conversation but sometimes if things come up in the podcast it's you have to embrace them yeah and it's it's been really powerful personally for me really dealing with some or just not dealing with but noticing and accepting some massive parts of myself that hinder my experience as a human um especially with self-confidence like I'm always someone that's quite outspoken and very like I'm always like doing weird stuff and I'm like, yeah, everyone's like having so much fun and I love that embracing of the kid self outside of the podcast but it's having this and all of the conversations that we've been in and then also some things that I've done on my own journey over the last, you know, six to eight months, I've really come head on into that belief that I have that I haven't been good enough 
And the podcast in itself has been so massive for me in learning how to accept that. And yeah, it's no been doubt. so it's been so daunting and scary, but so powerful in just coming back to myself. Yeah. And not putting that judge like we speak to some amazing people in here. Oh, some incredible people. Yeah. And it's just it's been a whirlwind of emotions of learning to just embrace people for who they are and embrace myself and not, not judge myself against don't be t- others. Don't beat yourself up, yeah. Mm, yeah. I think, like, I don't even know if we mentioned this in, in season one, but, like, even after the first episode that we did, um, you know, and just to be absolutely, you know, transparent with the audience, like, we're at my, myself and Mitchell's house and Ailish was over and we had a couple of drinks afterwards and, like, it was the first time we'd done anything like this and mm. we were so green to it and... The emotional strain that it put on all three of us was quite hard. Um, you oh, pro- it was so draining. It was so draining. <laughs> and, and we ended up, once we finished it, there was tears and we were literally just exhausted. And we went down to the river mouth at, at Marichidor and we sat there in silence for a good half an hour or so, mm. just digesting what we just did. And then I went down in the sand and wrote Grateful in the Sand. There were glowworms and the whole word lit up and we were just like, what the fuck? And then, yeah, it was so strange. Like some like a luminescent algae or something in the sand. Yeah, it, was it was wild. It was epic, man. But like we've had, like, like like Ailish said, it hasn't been an easy road. Like Ailish and I, and I know like I've apologised to her numerous times for this, but like we, we live busy lives outside of this. Like we don't get paid for what we do here. Like this is all just for the love of it, but... You know, we have our jobs outside of this. Ailish works harder than any woman that I know, really. Like, every time I talk to her, she's fucking doing something and she's got a million and one passion projects on the side as well. And then I was doing full-time real estate, organising, you know, some philanthropy work with, like, um, charity events. And it'd get to the point where Ailish is messaging me going, dude, like, I just need you to fucking talk to me. We need to organise this podcast. And, like, it, it was. There were times where we just butt our heads and we're like, is this too hard? Are we going to call it in? And Yeah, for sure. You know, yeah, we've, we've come to that point already where we've, like, wanted to throw the towel in. But, you know, we've had so much beautiful, you know, kind messages from people who have listened in. And at times we may not know how to receive that gratitude from you guys, but just know that it, that it is well received and we do really appreciate it. It's just we're talking about this in the episode with Nicole, how it's like, you know, when someone compliments you, your instant reaction is to compliment them back. It's mm. like, thanks. Well, yeah, you look good today too, rather yeah. than actually just receiving the thanks. And so, yeah, you, you guys have been what's kept us going. Yeah, definitely. Big time. And it's like, <laughs> it's funny we talk about this because those moments where we're, we've butted heads and we're like, oh, my God, this is just too hard. It's like hitting that terror barrier. And since doing the course with Viv, it's like something that we've kind of, we haven't got to it yet, but it's like we've spoken about it and I've found it in like me, um, working on my books on the side it's that thing of like every passion project you have it's something you really want right so you go into it you're like oh my god this is going to be amazing you've got all this passion and then suddenly it's like it starts to get real and you hit that terror barrier of oh my god no nah, I can't do this this is so scary this is too hard and it's like all of these things come up and it's crazy just taking time to process and push through that and recognising it as a barrier. It's not something – you still want to do that passion project. Mm. Like, we still want to do the podcast. And it's funny that you have these two, like, juxtaposed views of, oh, I want to do it and I don't want to do it all at the same time. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's right. just amazing to embrace that part of yourself and be like, you know what, I am going to do this. And it is uncomfortable because it's something new, but it's what I want. 
it's an amazing thing and it's just really embracing that part of yourself that wants to like keep going so yeah. it's been really it's been epic it's 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 been a lot of fun mm. um you know some of the stuff that i've learned about myself like i've come so far from that first episode um you know, back then I was still going through a stage where I was drinking a lot of alcohol and going out a fair bit and, you know, whereas I look at it now and I'm madly in love with my current partner, Alicia, like she's such a rock of foundation for me and, you know, I've watched your relationship grow with your partner, Damien, since mm. this has started and we are talking about this before over lunch, like, yeah. you know, life can change so drastically and like, especially even if you're in a really dark or, you know, dense energy or lower frequency, like the fact that you can shift that. Yeah, and we we do have the power to you know write our own story and, and change what's going on, and I think that's one thing that I've learned. It's been quite relevant within most of our episodes. Is you know we do hold the power. Mm-hmm. The power is within us. It's innate within all of us. Yeah. It's just for so long we just get told to you know fit in, conform, comply, get on with it. Yeah, rather than be really, normal and do yeah. normal things. <laughs> like. If I can give like a crash course into what the last six months has been since we've started this podcast, it's like, you know, I've, I've completed a dream, like something off my bucket list I had as a kid, which was learn how to play the guitar, learn how to play the guitar with the help of yourself and Mitch, you know, mm. and um, I, I healed a lot of past um, traumas and a lot of past, um, you know, heartache that I've suffered in the past and a lot of deconditioning yeah. that I've done and, you know, it landed me like I said, with my partner, Alicia, now, which, like, it's just been the most insane journey I've ever gone on. It's so much fun to then, like, quitting my job, which was paying me a ridiculous amount of money because it just wasn't serving me anymore. Yeah. You know, and I think that's one thing that, you know, I hope that other people listening can can understand. It's like you don't you don't need to identify yourself as your job. Like, this is totally off topic, but I feel like there's something really important to share. Like, yeah, 100%. I was in this industry for seven years, like going on seven years, and it paid me ridiculously good money, and it was easy for what it did, but at the end of the day, I was not fulfilled. Yeah. I was miserable. You'd hear it. Mitch would hear it. <laughs> Everyone would hear how miserable I was in my job, even though I had nothing to do with the people I worked with or the people that I worked for. Yeah. It was just wasn't serving myself as a, be- as a greater yeah. purpose, right? And You coming into yourself too, like the more you've learned about yourself. Yeah, the more I've realised what I want. Yeah, and just recognising... Because it is that thing of like, it was, you know, a great paying job and everyone's like, why are you leaving? What are you doing? Everyone. You know, and, and it's like, when you knew that in your heart it didn't feel right. And it's really about, if you can't trust that in yourself, it's like, what do you have? Yeah, what do you have? Yeah. Because you need to be able to back yourself mm. 100% of the time. Yeah. And like, that's one thing. And like, since then I've gone to run a, you know, help organize a charity event, which helped provide clean water to 250 people and... You know, now I'm in the process of starting a, a men's health and wellness program out of Exalto with Jordan and my friend Mitch Adams. And it's just like I'm finally starting to live in alignment with what inspires me. And I think like to all our listeners, if, if you've got something that, you know, if you've got a dream like what Viv says in our podcast that it scares you, that's what you should be fucking chasing. Yeah. We've only got one shot at this thing called life and this game called life. The only thing that's yeah. stopping you from achieving that is you. Yeah. So, And I think the perceptions that we have around it too. So it's – like you've taken a massive leap, which is so awesome. And it's like I, I'm i so proud of you and I see something in you that I don't necessarily have and that's okay. Like it's like you've really embraced this new self and I've almost – I've in, in the same token, I've done a similar thing, but yeah, I've yeah. like almost moulded 
I'm like, this is what I want, so I'm going to mould the rest of my life to <laughs> facilitate in getting me there. And it's just about making the right choice for you. And I think we're under a lot of this conditioning of you need to have something planned. So using your thing as an example, like we need to have something planned in order to leave the thing we're doing and move into that. But you're on this constant cycle of doing then. There's no time to just be. And I think with you, it's been really good to leave your job and like, yeah, you've been planning this other stuff, but it's not like, it's been like a kind of slow transition of, it's not like, okay, I'm leaving here and I'm stepping straight into that. It's like there's this lull period where you can just breathe that sigh of relief and like, Okay. Yeah. I've chosen me. I needed to. Yeah. But even though I'd come so far in my mental health journey, like I've, I haven't had suicidal thoughts in a very long time, which is huge for me for just something which I had numerous times daily. Um, You know, to be where I am now and like having, you know, I got to give all thanks and a lot of credit, credit to like yourself, my roommate, Mitch, who was on episode one. Um, you know, again, my partner, my family, I've had such strong support around me during this time. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I just I had to take that leap of faith because unless the only thing that was holding me back was fear. Yeah, you know what's what, what's one, one what's one thing we're all fearful from? It's like money, right? Financial stress. Oh, I'm not going to know what to do. Well, it literally got to the point with me as like, I keep saying it's not about the money. I keep saying it's not about the money. But let's fucking put put my words to like action. Mm. Let's live by what I'm saying. And so that's why I've just I don't know when my next paycheck's coming in. Yeah, I, I don't. Am I stupid for thinking that? Maybe some might think so. At the end of the day, like I'm, I'm taking a risk on where my passion and my heart is. Yeah. And you know, I think that's something that we all need to start, in my opinion, looking into more because that's when like this like, excitement happens. Yeah, and it's just persistence too. I think, you know, being persistent and being consistent is so hard. Mm. Like I think there is always that point where you're going to fall back, and naturally, as humans, we fall back into, oh my god, what's my backup plan? Yeah. But if you want something. You'll get it. Yeah, because if it's all you have, it's all you can get. You know what I mean? It's like if you're constantly building this dream and always having a backup plan. And look, I'm not saying that having a backup plan is bad. Like there's always been, for me, like definitely not now, but there was a time (laughs) in my life where I always had a backup plan. Yeah. And I think if you always have that, you're never fully going for the thing you want. No, because you're not not in 100%. You've got that tiny... You know, whether it's just your big toe, but you've got something dipping into that backup plan. Like, if this doesn't work... And that's already the wrong mindset this. toward it, right? Well, it's it's just like having a backup plan is great, but it's like it's, it's the last resort, you know? It shouldn't be... You should never say to yourself, if this doesn't work, I have this. Yeah. Because you'll never fully be satisfied. And I think it's so important, especially when it comes to like something out of the norm. So for you the Gentleman's Club, what you're doing with Mitch and um, Jordan, it's it's not like – it's a new thing, you know, and it's a new th- – which is so awesome and you're bringing something to a community and to men that is just like so important. Thank you. And so amazing. But it's new, right? So like yeah. people looking from the outside are like, oh, this is sick. But it's like it's so much innovation and so much preparation for that. And it's like yeah. <laughs> you don't have a backup plan because it's like this is what it is you want to do. I'm all in. Yeah. yeah. And it's just 
amazing to see and to trust, like to trust yourself and you guys as a network to be able to make it happen. It's, it's just, that's the passion and the driving force is that you know it will work. It may take a little bit, but it's just like it's going to work. Mm. And I think having that belief in yourself is so powerful. And it's some, it all comes down to self-worth. And yeah. I think that's something we've discussed so much. Yeah, a massive it's learning point for both of us. through our podcast. You yeah. know, it's like self-worth is so important and it's something that people can't teach you. Mm. It's You can learn everything under the sun. You can read 100 million books, but it's like self-worth is something you have to develop yourself in yourself yeah and it's like it's been such a powerful journey i know that you've had some very powerful experiences with it and i'd love to talk to you about like how your self-worth journey has gone because i know that in the beginning of the podcast you know we both were struggling so much with like oh, yeah that self-love as everyone calls it but just having that self-worth yeah i mean okay how do i how do i do this so when I was coming out of my, um, when I was coming out of my deep depression, like after I had the episode with my brother in Canada, and we came back, and I was going through the motions and started Exalto. Like I felt like everything was going really well, and then yeah, Jordan and Nicholas sort of put me in my place and said, "You, you, you know, you're grateful for a lot of things, you appreciate a lot of things, but you're still not appreciating and loving yourself." Mm. And I was like, "Yeah, well, what the fuck does that look like? <laughs> yeah, how does one do that?" Because to me, it's like, you know, I guess for men in particular, and correct me if I'm wrong with, in the stance that might be the same with women, like it, it's depicted or perceived as arrogant. Mm-hmm. If you like, I love this about my, I love myself, like it's arrogant. But like yeah. there's a difference between like arrogance and then actual self-love. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think it was like a lot of deconditioning I had to do around, you know, letting myself forgive myself for shit that I've done. Yeah. And realizing that, okay, I, I'm not my past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've fucked up heaps in my life so many times. You know, to anyone that I've hurt or done wrong by, like, I sincerely am sorry for any damages I've done, you know, mm-hmm. because you know, I'm only human as you are, as we all are. Yeah. We're all learning throughout this thing. But, like, yeah, for me, it's just like a lot of traumas I've learned through my childhood that affected who I am and who I became. And I guess just forgiving myself for holding, yeah, forgiving who I am for holding myself in that space. Yeah. And probably you've learned so much about having that awareness that you aren't your actions. Yeah. Your past actions, I should say. And it's like, yeah, the weight that you carry by piling all of them on, on your back as you go through life. Like, oh, I'm not going to repeat that or I'm not going to do this. It's like all of these prerequisites that we put on ourselves so that we can be the person we want to be. It's mm. like, just be that person. Well, that, I think that's, that's what it is. And like, I think it got to the point where in my self-love journey, it's like, well... You know, Paul Check says it's like, who who have you got left to like? If there was no one else in this world here, who who have you got left to love you yourself? Mm. Like at the end of the day, you're the one that's gonna, you're the one that gets yourself out of bed, you're the one that that washes yourself, you're the one that feeds yourself, you're the one that wipes your own ass. Like if you stop doing that, well then you're not caring for yourself. Mm. And so when I heard him have this chat with this guy on a radio show, it like really sparked something in me, and it actually brought me to tears. And it was like, you know. It's, there's so much truth behind that. It's like it really like all you've got is yourself. Yeah, we've got family and friends around us and awesome support networks, which we can all be grateful for and can all lean on for advice. But it does have to start with you mm. and you have to make sure you're putting in the work for you, not for anyone else, not for any other agenda other than 
because you love yourself. Yeah. And it's because you love the fact that you've been blessed to be where you are, to have what you have in that present moment. Mm. Um, you know, we we're just talking before about that Trevor Hall song, right? Wish Man. Yeah. And I was telling you the story about the Wish Man, how a homeless guy calls him over and says, like, hey, Wish Man, what's your wish? Yeah. And in the song, it says, close your eyes because all we've got is this. And the more that you can actually accept and be grateful for what you have in that moment, the more you then live in abundance because you've, you've sat in it and gone, fuck, how good is this? Like, look at what yeah. I've got. Even if it's as little as, you know, a push bike or you know, like I've, I've spoken before with Trav on the Technician podcast that I was homeless last year mm. and I loved it like because I, I, yeah, I sat in such a space of gratitude where I was like, you know what, I've still got myself. Yeah. I'm still healthy. I'm still happy. Okay, I don't have a home to live in. Yeah. Does that bother me? Not really. Like I've still got friends that call me over all the time if I need a place to crash or mm. if I need food or – but, yeah, I think with self-love, it really just comes – for me personally, it just came down to the point where I had to realize that the only person that's going to be able to do it is me. Yeah. And yeah, and during those times, I'd still have a lot of relapses and I'd still have a lot of issues. Oh, of and, but we all do. We're just fucking human. Yeah. You know? Um, but like I watched, like, watched your journey and like, we'd bounce off each other so much, speaking about like, the job instances. Like, mm. You were going through a phase two when we just were kicking this off where you were working two jobs that you weren't too overly happily, like, happy with. Yeah. And you, hard. yeah, and you, and like, doing like eighty hour weeks. I was I, like, I'm fine. This, but you're, <laughs> these are tears. What are you talking about? My eyes are just weeping. For some reason. They're leaking. Oh my god! <laughs> it's too sunny outside. <laughs> but um, hopefully we'll get into a human design um podcast soon. But mm. we spoke briefly with with Nicole. But Ailish is a generator, which basically means she can just work, 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 work. And I like having known that when I found out about you're a generator with Alicia. It's like, fuck, this makes so much sense. And you yeah. still have epiphanies with it. You're like, oh, that's why. This is why. But yeah. like, some of the stuff you were doing when we started this podcast, like the work you were doing, working two jobs, 80 hours a week, putting in the effort for this podcast, and then you're also writing a book. Yeah. Is like fucking wild. <laughs> it is. Like, who? Yeah, like, absolutely, man. I look back on that person. I'm like, poor Ailish. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I'm so sorry, baby. <laughs> it was hard, man, because it was. It was like, and that was also like it was a programming too. Like I was mm. like, I got to grind, man. Like well, I remember you saying to me, "All I know is how to work. Yeah. All, I, all I know it's to do is work." Since I was like thirteen or something, and it's like I've never not had a job. And every like I've traveled, I've like I've had the best life, man. Like over all the shit that has happened, it's like I've had the best life, and I really appreciate it. Like you know, I was blessed in the sense it's like you know when I wanted to go overseas and do some traveling, I had the money to do that. And it was like, obviously from a shitty circumstance, it's like I used dad's, the money, the leftover money that dad had left us when he died. And it was like, I thought to myself, and there was always this pressure to like, keep it for something, you know, like, Oh, keep it for a house deposit or keep it for this or keep it for that. And I'm like, man, I want to travel. And it's like, my dad would love if I went and saw the world and experienced all this stuff. So yeah. it's like, I've gone to so many places, like all through Europe, Mexico, I've been to Bali so many times. So, so jealous. Times. I'm still so dirty. I never got to Mexico. But it's crazy because <laughs> like, I learned so, oh, I've like had that experience of like learning about different cultures and things like that. It's been absolutely incredible. But it's also meant, it's like it's like people are like, oh, it's amazing. And it was, but it's like, it meant I came back to nothing. So every time I came back, you had to start over. I started over and yeah. I got a job. I worked 
usually I'd be securing a job when I'm overseas. So <laughs> I was like, I'm coming back to something. But it's like I've always just worked and I've had this real grind attitude and it's been pressed into me and many people have this where it's like you need to work hard or your future is shit. Yeah. And that's what we're told, right? That's, yeah. that's what we're told. It's like the teenagers, grind. you've got to... You've got to grind, man. It's all about the grind. And I'm like, man, do Let's... you understand that word? It's like when you grind something, it's slowly... Wearing away. <laughs> yeah. You Literally wear wearing it, down it away. into nothing. Like, and that is how I felt. It was like probably just after my birthday this year in March. And it was like, we started doing the podcast and I was like, fuck me. Like, I'm so tired. Yeah. I'm so tired. But then I'm like, keep going. Keep grinding. Keep there are a saving. lot of tears. Yeah. There are a lot of tears. Like, there'd be times like, where I'd be with you and I'd just hug you and you'd just cry. Yeah, because I was just like melting. Yeah. <laughs> it was – and like it was really – I'd really attached to that fear of what if I don't have any money and like living out of home since I was like just past 16 and it was like, you know, I didn't do all that kind of I guess what we call rite of passage like mm. in Australia, like going to schoolies and like doing all this stuff, going out on the weekend. It's like I didn't really have much of that at that time yeah. because I had to pay rent and it was like I didn't go to schoolies or my friends went to schoolies. You had responsibilities like was, from the yeah, beginning. Yeah, and it was like this massive pressure that I put on myself to not have fun because mm. you're an adult now and you need to do this. And it's just it's been a it's been a wild ride trying to like break those cycles and just notice those habits about myself and it's hmm. like now it i'm so good and like i re, i've had i'm getting paid less than i ever have been but i have enough and i yeah. think that's the thing it's like you have to decide what you need and when enough is enough what's important because there's 100 percent i could go back to working three jobs and i could go back to working literally every day like there was like a point where i did like 18 days straight of working and, you're, and like, you're doing split shifts too like you'd be yeah. working in the cafe from five till ten and then you'd work from three till nine and i'm like how yeah. the fuck are you doing this there were some days where i'd literally work like 5 a.m till 11 30 p.m and because your jobs <laughs> were next they're next door like, to each other too jump the fence yeah jump the fence from one cafe go to the restaurant and just work and it was wild and it taught me so much about myself and my willpower, but it also taught me so much about having a massive come down and just like absolutely ripping everything out of myself. And I was the one, like there's so many people that have helped me, but it was like I was the one that really had to pull myself out of that. And it all came down to self-worth. Like how much am I worth to myself? And I could, back then, there's no way I could look in the mirror and be like, I love you. There was no Hard, hey. way. And I tried it because it's always been that thing I've done. Yeah. And I remember like after those big stints of working, I was like, fuck, I'm so down. Like I'm so tired. I just want to sleep, but I can't sleep because there's so much stuff to do. And it was just like these days, days on end of just like so much work. And I'd look at myself in the mirror and I was like, you're a wreck. Like you are a wreck. Yeah. And it's like I couldn't even pat myself on the back for do being you- that obsessed with work like it was sick at the time but it was like i couldn't even give myself that gratitude you know like do you, oh, you, work do you know hard. the first do you remember the first time since that happened when you were able to look in the mirror and say you loved you like you were like happy with what you saw back there was fleeting moments and yeah. i have to back damien because like he has been an absolute blessing in my life we love you damien oh i love you so much damien <laughs> he's like oh every time i think about him i'm like oh my gosh so nice <laughs> what and like and even with that like damien is like the most beautiful human and like 
the, I've known him for so long, but like the way we got together was just like, there was so much turmoil around that. It was a very interesting time. Oh, and that in itself was just like so hectic on my self-worth too. And it's the, when I, it was probably around that time that we really solidified things that I quit. Um, yeah, you did. Yeah, I quit my jobs and I was like, I actually accept myself and it was like this moment, I can't even really remember specifically what happened, but I remember like waking up and we like lived in the rooms next <laughs> next to each other and I like went in and I remember like laying there and I was like, said to myself, how much do you want to be happy? What's this worth to you? Mm. And it wasn't even like the relationship. It was more like you feel happy when you're with him yeah. and when you're not with him, but you don't have anything else going on, you feel happy. So it was like that extra bit of like, oh, if I choose this, I know that everything will be okay. And it was like that moment where I just said, you know what? I deserve to be happy. And it's like I've spent my whole life trying to make sure that like I can survive and to make sure that everyone else around me could be happy. Like I spent so much time and like I love doing it, receiving messages from my friends like I need help with this or – you know, trying to help so many people through stuff and then there was hardly anyone left to help me and I was like, fuck me, man. Like, <laughs> I need to help myself Yeah. because <laughs> otherwise I'm going to break and then I couldn't be that person and that really taught me about love and what that was and it's like I chose to love myself and I remember looking in the mirror. It was a, it was a gradual process. Like, it started off with me just looking in the mirror like, you done a sick job. Like, real life. Like, oh, yeah, go you. Go, yeah. You're cool. And then now I wake up every morning, especially with this course with Viv. It's like I wake up every morning and I'm like directly into my eyes. Yeah. I'm like, you are strong. You are powerful. Strong affirmations. You are confident. Yeah. You're intelligent and you are worthy. And I know I am. And it's like, and then I change it. So it's like, I am powerful. I am strong. I am worthy. I am confident. It's like all these things. And sometimes I just crack up laughing because I'm like, remember when we didn't used to think this? Yeah. It's like this weird conversation I have with myself. I'm like, fuck, man, you're a weapon. Like, this is cr- – I don't know anyone else who works as hard as you. It's crazy. So it's been a really good process. And I learned something on Friday um, when I went to see Song. And we are talking about love and what love is. And there's so many people that you say – and it's normal. Like, you say, what is love? And – you say, oh, love is what my parents show me or love is when you gift things to people or yep. love is when someone calls you to check on you. It's like we have all these strange depictions, definitions yeah. of action to do with love. Like an act, love has to be a tangible, has to be an action. Least, yeah, you need to see like, have the tangible re- yeah. reaction to but it. But like love response. just is. And yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah. love is everywhere. It doesn't matter who you are or what you do or where you come from. It's like can't define love it's like yeah there's many forms of it yeah so people talk about self-love or love and relationships love and having a pet like whatever but love just is and then the thing is is that and this is what she taught me it's like you can't that whole saying of you can't love yourself you can't love others unless you love yourself but what that means is your heart is made for you right so it's the one thing that keeps you going like you can literally be brain dead in a hospital and if your heart's still beating you're alive and the thing is is that our heart being so protected it's for us and we've kind of forgotten about it and in an energetic sense when we love someone else we put them inside of our heart and what happens is is the part of the heart 
the part of that heart, of our heart, sorry, that we replace with them, we remove for ourselves. And your heart in itself, like they've done scientific tests on it, the energy that comes out of your heart and the electromagnetic frequency that extends from your heart can go up to two kilometres without even training it. And that's why a lot of the time, like your auric field or whatever you want to call it, interacts with other people. So like you think about someone and they call you or you think about someone and they walk past you down the street and it's like your electromagnetic field interacting with each other so you can preempt them coming. And with loving someone when you put them inside of your heart you can't love them unconditionally because your heart isn't full it's filled with people and then now in this day and age we try and love ourselves but we love ourselves with a heart full of other people so you're not actually able to love yourself because there's not enough room for you yeah so what you have to do is you have to learn to throw people out of your heart song says throw them out the window it's like you love that person throw them out the window and love them from afar. And the reason is because, you know, it's scientifically proven. Like I said, your heart energy can extend from yourself. And that's because that's how you love others. You love others outside of yourself and you love you inside of yourself. And your heart is for you. And I think it's so powerful to recognize this, loving someone outside of yourself, not loving them because you're attached to them, yeah. because you put them inside yourself. And just really embracing the fact that your heart is for you and the love that you have needs to go to you first or you cannot love others unconditionally Mm. because you hold on to them and that's why things like when your partner does something that pisses you off or like does something you wouldn't do and you get pissed off or they say something or someone hurts you or someone leaves you feel pain in your heart because part of your heart goes with them yeah, or part of your heart gets damaged when they do something that you don't agree with. And it's like, it's so powerful to just recognize that that's because you hold on to them. Mm. And it's so unfair on other people. And it's unfair on yourself too. And I think that's been my biggest lesson is really learning to love myself with my whole heart because it's mine. And yeah. knowing that by doing that, I can love anyone else. So it's been, it's been a massive journey. And look, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I wake up and I try and do this mirror affirmations and I'm like, damn, bitch, your hair is not good today. <laughs> but it's, but I still do them. And I think often on those days where I'm not feeling it, I do it more because I'm like breaking down that cycle of like, hey, okay, maybe you feel shit. But, but you, you need still this are more all now. these things. Yeah. yeah, it's like, so I do it extra almost to like. It's like that thing. It's like, um, I haven't, if you haven't got time to meditate for 10 minutes, well, you need to meditate for an hour. Yeah, like I said like and I think that's not the saying, but it's like those who haven't got enough time to meditate for fifteen minutes should be meditating for an hour, mm. like along the same thing. And right? it's also like in that sense, that time frame thing too, like taking the pressure off yourself. Like I genuinely think, like going back to the mirror affirmations, and like this is something that we do at Exalto too, like the affirmations on the wall. But doing the affirmations in the mirror, it sounds so dumb, right? Like I've spoken to some people about it, and they're like. Pfft. What does that do? Yeah, people think it's how woo-woo. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, well, you take pictures of yourself and put them on Instagram or whatever, but you can't look at yourself, and that's like one in a 100 pictures, you know, you're taking so many pictures of yourself, but it's like look at yourself dead in the eye and talk to yourself. And like... Tell yourself what you you want. You think it's easy, man. Everyone's like, oh, it's so easy. Guaranteed 95% of people just cry or get angry or some emotion will come up and they're like, this is dumb. Some can't even look at themselves. Like I know for myself personally, when I was going through my like deep in my depression, 
I couldn't look at who I saw in the mirror. Yeah. And I'd have the hottest showers in the world so that it would fog up the mirror. Yeah. And so I didn't have to look at myself there's in the eyes. There's a power in that, but like there's a power in recognising you can't do that because it's like, hey, I need to work on this. Well, I remember the first time I actually like coming out of my depression, going through my self-love journey was – Last year when I bleached my hair for the first time and I went full slim shade. That was a look. That was a look. <laughs> and I remember I just had it done and I was with Joel and we we're going down to check the surf. And I remember like looking in this side mirror and seeing myself and I just smiled. And it was the first time I, I remember like after that, like almost crying. Mm. And I started giggling. Joel's like, what is it? And I said, for the first time, I, I like who I see looking back in the mirror. Yeah. It's so powerful, man. And it's not hard. Like, I think this is the thing. Like, okay, it's not – I'll use a different word. It's not impossible to get to that point. And I think this is the thing, like, that a lot of people that are struggling and a lot of people who just, like, don't think they're struggling but they are. Or it's just a good way to test it. Like, look in the mirror and it's like if your first go-to is, like, I need to change this. Oh, look at that. Oh, do this. It's like – if your first initial reaction to looking at yourself in the mirror is judgment, you need There's some to deconditioning work on to be it. done. Yeah, because yeah. it's like it's so powerful. Like if you if you do not like that person looking back at yourself, that's a world of problems because it's You're like stuck with that person. Well then there's things <laughs> like and look it's normal and there's ways that we can get out of it which we'll talk about, but it's learning that if you can't like that person you're looking at or you're finding it hard, sorry, to like the person you're looking at or love them, everyone else that doesn't like you is just going to be dumping mud on top of you. It's like it's it's like piling more shit into a wound. Mm. And I think there's a massive power in learning that you come first and you need to learn to love yourself first so that because there are so many people in this world. Not everyone's going to like you. And if they do, they're probably lying. Because dead <laughs> yeah. set, there are so many of us. Like, there's going to – look, I've had it before where I've met some people and I'm like, you've never even done anything to me. Like, I've literally just met you, but, like, I don't really vibe with you. Mm. Not that I hate them. Not that there's anything wrong with them. But it's, like, just a vibe thing. It's like you're not going to vibe with everyone on earth. It's literally statistically impossible. And also, you're not going to meet everyone on earth anyway. So, it's – there's That's gonna why you got to give up that misconception. It's yeah, like everyone needs everyone to love needs me because not like everyone's going to love you. And it's like it shouldn't matter. Like, yeah, it sucks if people don't get along with you, especially if you want to get along with them. But you need to be comfortable enough in yourself to love yourself and so that when you see other people saying like, hey, I don't want to hang out with you or like I don't vibe with you, you know that that is them loving themselves too and you respect that boundary. Yeah, 100%. Mm. Yeah. It's so true. I think that's something that I struggled with for such a long time. Like, um, you know, um, I wouldn't say social acceptance. Oh, for lack of a better term, social acceptance. But, like, it was, yeah, I was so caught up in worrying what other people thought of me. Yeah. And that it did, it, it played in, I think we may have spoken, we may have even spoken about this in the very first episode. Like, it cost me a lot of my own self-authenticity because mm. I, I gave up so much of who I genuinely was or who I was, like, wanting to be. You had a lot of eyes on you too. To conform. So much pressure. Oh, fuck. So much pressure, man. It's it's an interesting thing, you know. Like, I still to this day have people asking me, like, I had it the other day with, with real estate where people um, were asking me, I got a phone call from this lady going, are you a real Sherwell? And I was like, that's a strange question. <laughs> 
And she's like, well, are you a real Sherwell, like a Sunny Coast Sherwell, or are you just not related to the Sherwell family? I was like, well, I mean, I, I've been here my whole life, so I'd assume I'm a real one. <laughs> and anyway. Yeah, what does that even mean? Yeah, we got into a conversation. <laughs> Turns out she went to school with my uncle or something. But, yeah, it's just a weird thing because, like, when I was young, I played into it big time. Because mm. it was – especially in primary school, I had this chat with Alicia last night before you came over for dinner. Um, and when I was young, I was chubby – you know, I tried my best to fit in and get make friends, mm. but I was always met with your Robbie son. You know, your your family's famous, and then we weren't. We weren't famous. Yeah, you were. Maybe <laughs> well, on the Sunshine Coast, it doesn't really count. Yeah. Like maybe like a local dad was a local celeb, maybe at that time. But it, it played its role on me, and then because I was chubby and I had so many insecurities and little self worth from a young age, mm. I played into it with a sense of arrogance to try. Not buy friends, but yeah, buy friends. It's like, yeah. well, I'm, I'm famous. It's like, fuck. I look back at it now, going, I wish I never did that. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's so cringe. Yeah, I was it was so, just survival it, mechanism, it, and that's what it was. Mm. It was survival. Like even to the point where, like, I remember I had like a plate, like top and bottom plates in my teeth when I was in year four, and there was a girl I really liked, and I'd hang out with her even though she'd call me names. Oh, like, so oh, it was so sad. <laughs> it was so sad. But, like, it's just lack of self-worth from a young age. Yeah. And and not being taught, I think. Well, this the is the thing, too. right? Yeah, it's like not being No education taught. on it back then. Yeah. This is so crazy. There was, like, I had a conversation um, with my mum the other day. And, like, love my mum to bits. Like, she's, she's my trigger person. But and it's just, like, we had this conversation about, <laughs> like, teaching kids self-worth. And, look, I'm just coming from... Like, I've hung around heaps of kids and it's like, I've got nephews. I was going to say you got nephews. Yeah, yeah, and like my friends have got kids and it's just like I've, I've really developed this sense of observation on – and it's not judgment, it's simply just observation of how we parent kids. Mm-hmm. And knowing what I went through and what people have opened up to me about, there's this real – inability to teach kids how to have self-worth and it's because of lack of education and it's like so for example um the other night we were at home and Damien came into the kitchen he's like oh and I was like what's wrong and he's like oh I just heard the neighbor's kid next door yell out mum everyone makes fun of me because I look weird and it was like so sad man like I was like oh my god do we go over what do we do I don't know what to do it's so sad but it was just like in that moment, like, the, the I don't know what happened. Like, we weren't really listening over the fence. It was just because he yelled it so loud. But <laughs> What's that, know, was that I, show Home Improvements, I think? Yeah, it was with a neighbour, like, peeking over the <laughs> dude, fence. So that's you and Damien, just peeking over the fence. I feel like yelling all the time. I'm like, maybe I should do something. But <laughs> it's this thing of, like, and I've seen it in my nephews too where they do something or, oh, for example, like, um, one of the kids at Exalto um, got a new haircut and went to – school like was vibing the haircut man it's so sick like I love it but then went to school I saw him like two days later and I'm like hey man like how's your hair going you like your hair still and he's just like oh yeah and I'm like and I knew he'd been I just knew from that second that he'd been judged and I was like did you go to school this week he's like yeah I'm like oh what did the other kids say and he's like oh yeah some kids made fun of me but it's all right and I'm like okay but I think I know who you're talking about does that make you not like your hair now and he's like oh i'm just like unsure about it now and i'm like bro you were vibing that two days ago like why has that that hurt you and he's just like 
oh, because they just think it's weird, you know? And, and I was like, fuck, like, that's so powerful. Like, this child has gone in, tw- in like, 48 hours from loving how he looks to questioning it. I'm like, there's a massive gap in the education system here where it's like everyone says sticks and stones break your bones names will never hurt you but it's not that they fucking hurt it does (laughs) especially as a kid how are we there needs to be a real reform in education where we teach our kids that like people will say shit to you that's just how it works but you need to be able to see yourself in the mirror and you need to to know that if you like yourself or you like what you're wearing or you like your hair, that's really important. Yeah. It's really important. It's not going to excuse the fact that other people are going to say stuff and it may hurt you, but that is what it comes down to. Yeah. You are going to have to listen to people saying that your whole life, all the way into adulthood, you know, whether it's changing your job, quitting your job, <laughs> what you're wearing, what age you have kids. It's well, anything, man. Yeah. What you post on social media. Like someone's always going to have an opinion. But the opinion that matters the most is, your is yours. 100%. And it's just, it's not a mum was like, yeah, well, you can't really teach kids that because they're young. And I'm like, well, you, you can, can start. Yeah. You, can. you need to start somewhere. And it starts with you as a parent. If you teach your kid, hey, this is what I do. For an example, like if you're, giving yourself self-love, like you're looking at yourself in the mirror or you're sitting with your kid, you're doing affirmations like, I am worthy, I am strong. Kids understand words. You send them to school, they learn a million words. It's like, it's not foreign to them. But you need to be present, especially in those years where they have that sense of self-growing. When they're young and they can't talk, you know, different story. You still got to be present with them, but it's like you saying to them, it's an unconscious thing, a subconscious yeah. thing. So you can still say to them, like, you know, you're, you're worthy, you're this, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's blah. when your paradigms are, are, start, exactly. are starting to form, right? They've, just, they've, like, emphasized this in our podcast with her. It's like your paradigms are formed most importantly from zero months to seven months, then seven months to seven years. Yeah. And if once they hit school age, or not even, it's like once they start interacting with other Others, kids, yeah. you need to be really taking some time, I believe, as I said, I'm not a parent. That's what I'll do with my kids. But it's like you need to be really instilling in them that it's so important how they think of themselves. I've got this on record, by the way. So when you have kids, I'm going to hold this to you. You know that. <laughs> Here's what your mum said. <laughs> this is what your mum said. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like it's just so important. And I think all of the stuff that I've learned about – like self-love is a journey and it's like a continuous thing. It's going to go to the to the day I die, you know, like my body's changing. Everyone's changing all the time. So it's like you're always going to have to develop that sense of self-love – as you're changing, but I just think it's so important for us to teach people and teach ourselves that it is your opinion that matters the most. And if you can't trust that and you don't believe that, you're going to walk into a world of trouble and people will use it against you. Yeah, People know. And it's happened in school. Look at in school. If you see there's kids that are like probably not confident in themselves, but they see someone less confident in themselves and they're like, let's pick on him. Yeah, there's a target. Make me feel better. Yeah. yeah, and it's like it's bullying so bad. And look, it's going to change in the next couple of years, I tell you that much. But it's just – it's it's so important to just have that self-worth and just really just try and build it from that young age. And I think it's such a big responsibility of a parent to – everyone wants their parent – everyone wants their kids to be themselves and everyone wants their kids to be happy. But it's like you need to teach them to be happy in their inside world too. Yeah. Not just their outside one. 
So true, hey. And like I've I've been helping out with at Exalto, they're doing the boys' club, which is for you know, mm, so cool. It, it's really cool the initiative they've put together with that program, where it's like helping young young boys like, you know, be there for support for one another and and wanting to like be better versions of themselves, which is you know. Another reason why I think Jordan was so accepting of me when I put forward the the idea of the gentlemen's club to him. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just so interesting that I help out mentoring alongside my brother, which I fucking love so much. Like I'm so I love my brother so much, and mm. like to be able to hold that space for him and sit there with him and 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 help this next generation of kids coming through with their fitness. It's like. Fuck! I wish there were more like more mm-hmm. opportunities like this when I was a kid. Because like <laughs> that's what Damien says to. He's like, because he's helping out too. So different if I had yeah. this as a kid. Yeah, like uh, there Thank is God, because then he would have never found me. But yeah. still, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like it's it's interesting, you know. Because I even notice at the moment that well, I've noticed a massive shift in two weeks. Mm-hmm. First week I did with Joel, which was the second day of the boys' club. The respect was. It was there, but it had to be fought for from the kids. Yeah. Um, I addressed that with Jordan and said, look, this is how I felt it, it went. And then within two weeks of them doing this course with, with Jordan and the boys out of Exalto, when I went in there on Tuesday, the amount of respect and attention they gave Joel and I mm. was insane. And, like, I'm watching these kids, like, don't have a lot of confidence for one way or another, but they've stepped into this environment where, you know, we encourage them. And, like, I'll go over personally and if I see a kid giving in his all on, like, an exercise or, like, yeah. you know, one of the handstand work things or skin the cat, I'll go up and be like, man, you're doing so well and I can't do it. I'm like, well, you, you can and you will. You're just learning right now, man, and that's yeah. fine. I was like, I, I only started learning what you're doing right now last year. I said, you've got years ahead of me. Yeah. You know, and just, just to be able to sit there and, like, let them know that it's all right to fail. Like, that's one thing we've been trying to teach the kids as well because yeah. when your kids, like – and you fail at something, people, they'll laugh at you. They'll be like, ha-ha, you suck, or whatever it may yeah. be. It's like giving the kids the opportunity to sit there and be like, you know what, I, maybe I didn't do it this time, but I'll get it next time, or yeah. the next time, or the next time. And appreciating those little wins. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, I did my best. Like, old mate did, like, for example, in that situation, like the, the sled push, like, oh, he pushed two plates and I only pushed one. And it's like, but that was your best Yeah. for now. And like, that, that's and what that's I said to like him. those little wins of, like, and – that it, that's important too, like the little wins, like being able to just like really look at your day with the little wins because we're all like, oh, fuck, I should have done this so, different. So what Charlie Rocket speaks of, like he's a massive like, – I, I listen to a lot of Charlie Rocket stuff um, and that's why he says he's like it's easy and like you, you've got to take every little win and like remind yourself that you're on a winning streak. Yeah. <laughs> and like it's so true. Like if, I, if I'm driving down the Nicklin to Exalto and I get the green lights in a row, I'm like, I'm on a fucking winning streak. And I'm like, <laughs> I rev myself up because yeah. – by giving myself that energy, I'm I'm ex, like extending my frequency higher, so that you know I'm able to go through life and be like, yeah, like the universe is conspiring for me. Everything's good, and it's you're easy. No, and you're noticing those little. It can be anything, anything, like and it's like this is something to having a book by your bed and writing down your little wins. Like this can also help people with like changing that view. It's like. Write down, this is something Viv taught me, write down little wins that you had through the day. So it's like, I got up and I made brushed my, my teeth. Yeah, or, whatever it may be. Mm, yeah, something small. I made I myself breakfast. Ma- yeah, I made myself breakfast. Yeah. I put on clothes. It's all of these simple things. <laughs> I sometimes forget that, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually put on undies today. But it's like this thing of just like, like I did it the other day and I was like, didn't really do much in the day. Like I went to work and I was sick, like. My sister's cafe is 
unreal. Rose Fed and Finch got to come. Shout everyone, out. Everyone got to come. But it's just like, it's so pretty. And we didn't really do, I didn't do much for myself in that day. But I was like, I went to work. I was on time. I made sick coffees. Like, I did all of these little wins of like, I listened to cool music on the way to work. And like, just so many little things that you often forget like yeah. oh i took five minutes to myself to pick veggies from my garden because they're know. so constructed to be aiming for these big big wins and every all day of those little ones fade out and you're like oh i should haven't done anything today and it's like what do you mean <laughs> what do you mean you've done nothing today you just sit on the couch the whole day and even if you did you made it out of bed you know what i mean so yeah. it's just like celebrating that little stuff so that slowly you're taking those glasses off you know it's like oh what am i not doing what am i do- not doing and then it changes like Oh, what am I doing? What am I doing? What are the good things I'm doing? And then slowly it's like you really start to rewire yourself with that repetition Mm. to really appreciate yourself as a human, a small little human doing small little things that amount to this big thing, big life, you know? And it's just like, yeah, it's so, it's just like those tiny things we can do for ourselves that make the biggest impact. Well, that's like with, um, with the gentlemen's club and I'll probably get on, I'll touch on that shortly. Mm. Like I designed a 400 page journal Which took me so long And my eyes went fucking square Good on you Um, But I I wanted to make it Because I I noticed like during my journey Going on winning streaks Is I every morning I'll make my bed First thing I've said I've said in numerous podcasts It's actually so beneficial There's a reason why The army and all these like armed forces and stuff They drill it into their platoons As soon as they get up They make their fucking bed perfect Mm -hmm. Um, I've learned that It helps Dramatically. And so like in the journal, I've got, you know, you've got your daily breath work you need to get done. You've got to make your bed first and foremost, unless you've got a girlfriend or partner that's still asleep. Don't do that. It'll make piss it them over off. them. Yeah, just <laughs> fold them into the bed. <laughs> Pardon me. Um, and, then, and then I had like breath work, cold showers and, you know, make your bed. Mm. Like if you, can, if you can look back on your day and see you've ticked off three boxes or even if you tick off two, because that's what I say to the boys, like if you've got a partner in the bed, don't worry about that one. But if you're, mm. if they're, you're both up, make sure that bed's made. Mm. But if you, if you can actually tangibly see what these goals are and you're ticking them off every day, you get into that mindset, mind flex that you're like, oh, I'm doing shit. Yeah, yeah. And so I've structured it so it's like you've got them and then like you've got your daily goals. It's like what are your three goals you want to achieve today? Yeah. And it's like – um. You know, Connor did a lot of good stuff in his stoic journal that he gave me last year. Yeah. Um, but then I've also got two questions like what what could have made – what was it? Tell, it says tell us a bit about your day and then like you go into it. I have to read. Like I have, I've ordered them. They haven't come in yet. But it's asking these questions that are, are making the men stop yeah. and reflect. And I think it's like what emotion did you sit in for most of the day, which we as men don't tend to do a lot of. Yeah. We don't do a lot of emotional reflection. Yeah. That to us is like fucking – Nah, nah, mate. That's a bit woo-woo for us. Yeah. But I found it to be so beneficial because especially when you're journaling it too, you can be like, you know, today, I, like, because it, it makes you sit there and reflect on your whole day. Yeah. Like, how, how did I go today? I felt that. Like yesterday, for example, with Alicia, like I remember sitting there with her at a cafe. And I was like, I just feel like I'm in the funkiest mood. Yeah. And she's I like, really? You said that last night. Yeah. Funky day. I was yeah. in the funkiest mood for so long during the day. Yeah. Went up and saw my grandmother who I haven't seen in a while, introduced her to Alicia because she hadn't met Alicia yet. And I was still feeling funky as, and I, f- I could feel that she was feeling that energy. Yeah. And then we were shopping for di- the food for dinner, and I couldn't give her any answers about when she asked for help. And she, she's like, oh, you're no help at all. And I said, are you getting frustrated with me? She goes, yeah, I am a little bit. And I said, mm. look, I'm sorry. I'm just in a 
shit mood. Yeah. But then <laughs> we get in the car. All of a sudden, I went, I've got to change my state here. I've got to change yeah. something. So I put on some Outcast. I'm a bit of an Outcast fan and <laughs> cracked a ginger beer and we drove home. And then my vibe just changed. And yeah. So then even though I would reflect on that, like if I were to write that in my journal, it would have been like I spent most of my day in a funk. Yeah. But I made the conscious decision to change that. Yeah. And I knew that there was going to be the way a way in which I could change it, whether it had been the breath work, whether it had been um, putting on music, or you know, having just having a drink to take off the edge with my girlfriend. Yeah, you know, just having that awareness, having that awareness to change it. Yeah, and like even last night when we were in bed, like we watched a TV show, and Alicia was like buzzing with energy, and I was like, I pass out as soon as my head hits the pillow. Yeah, and usually I just out cold. Yeah, and she's like, I don't want to sleep. Yeah, I can't get to sleep. Oh, keep me awake, and like. I just said to her, I was like, let's just do some slow breathing. We did like 10 really slow breaths and then I like gave her a head massage. Next thing you know, we're both out cold. Yeah. And it's like we have the power to change our state. Oh, 100%. So easily. It's just learning the tools. And I think that's one thing I'm so grateful for given the journey that we've like we've both been on together and the journey that I've had prior to us doing this podcast is I've learned ways in which I can sink in or drop in and find that sort of, you know, whether it be clarity or whether it be, you know, um, changing my emotional state, changing my, yeah, physiology physiology in my body through breath work. Um, And I guess what's the first step to that? It's like awareness. It it comes back to your awareness, right? And Mm. and actually, because we've spoken about how many thoughts come through your brain every day. It's like 60,000 thoughts or 60,000 thoughts, whatever it is. I still (laughs) It's too many. I want to count them one day. I don't think that's ever going to be possible, but... Like, it's just interesting because it's coming to that awareness going, I'm not my unconscious or subconscious thoughts. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be present in the conscious now and the collective. What can I do right now given what I have? Yeah. And so usually for me, it'll be literally be like, Alicia will pull me up even if she'll be like, I need you to stop. I need you to take 10 big breaths. Mm-hmm. And then I'll do it. And she'll be like, how do you feel now? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm grounded. Let's go forward with this. Yeah. And it's just like, it, it is. It comes back to your awareness. And I think... Hmm. I want to be selective with my words here. But personally, I think like the amount of distractions that we have from the external stops us from allowing us to have sometimes have that awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, massive anime fan. I love my anime. When I'm watching anime, I can't like no one can distract me from it. <laughs> and I like fully numb out to it. But it's me like there are times where I'm doing it. I'm like, what am I hiding from? Yeah. And I'll have to, I, like, I'll stop. I'll pause like an episode. Like, I'm numbing out for some reason. Why am I numbing out? Mm. And then I'll be like, oh, it's because you know, works issues. Like, I've got work issues at the moment, or you know, I'm feeling deflated from X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, yeah. this isn't going to fix it. What can well, fix it? Well, it's probably deciding too. I think we've spoken about this um, with, oh, I think it was Zane and also another podcast too, where it's like, is it effective or ineffective in the moment? Because sometimes that's good. Like mm. if you really need to just zen out for a bit and just like watch some TV. I was about to say shit TV. I was like, oh my God, no, he's going to hit me. <laughs> how, how dare you? <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like as humans, we need to have downtime. But I think if you need to be aware of when that downtime is effective. Yeah, and when it's detrimental. When yeah. it's like you're doing it because it's like really relaxing you or you're doing it to like Escape. too much yeah. to get away from something. And it's, yeah, just spending that time growing that awareness because it it's it's a forever thing mm. it's not like you become aware of yourself and then suddenly it's like oh, i'm good no and no. i think as well too i do definitely want to touch on the fact that we're in a real big healing society 
So everyone's like, I need to heal. And I think we spoke about this with Nicole too. It's like everyone wants to heal and everyone's trying to go on this, like, oh, I'm going to learn to love myself. It's like you're always learning, but you can always love yourself. Yeah. It's not hand in hand. And I think we need to really move. Personally, I really believe we need to move out of this societal construct of we're broken. Yeah, you're perfect. Because you look, you, you go, you go. <laughs> I was going to say, like, it's like these affirmations that I listen to with Jordan. It's like, I am perfect. It's not saying that I'm perfect, but it's saying, like, I'm perfectly imperfect. Mm. Like, no matter where I'm at right now, I, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. And, like, that's what I think that's what you're trying to say. And is you like are whole. That, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is because exactly like we've said before, the thing you look for is the thing you'll often find. And I think if you're constantly on this journey of self-discovery and – I need to find parts of myself to bring up and heal. You will always find something else. There's always something else. If you're looking for healing, you will find things to heal and you will draw people into your life that also need healing. And it's this never-ending cycle. But if you start to really change that to I'm whole as I am and I love and accept myself exactly as I am right now, doesn't mean you can't grow. doesn't mean you can't you know, bring things up and deal with them, but it's getting rid of that mindset that you're broken. Because if you constantly tell yourself you're broken, you will always be broken. You always feel that way. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. That, like that resonates really, really well with me because when I was struggling with my mental health, I'd attach to this, I'm depressed or like I'm suicidal, or, mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> and you almost find more things that more, just more tell issues. you that. Yeah. And yeah. more like, and even something, that even something that doesn't even mean that, like, doesn't even, it's not even in that context. You put it into that context because that's what you're identifying as. Yeah, you're having a shit day and you stub your toe and you're like, "Fucking everything's going wrong. Yeah. Fuck the world. What else can go wrong? <laughs> it's like, don't ever ask that question. Oh god, what no. else can go wrong? It's like, oh, that's way too tempting. <laughs> oh yeah, it's so hectic. But so- I do want, I do want to ask you like something else that's really good. He's like, like we're saying, focusing on those like good moments of the little wins throughout the day. Yeah. What if you could pick oh, – that's a pretty big question. But Come on, like, hit me with it. If you could pick three of your biggest wins of the year, <laughs> what would it be? Oh. I feel like there's way more than three, but like – So the first one that came to my head was meeting Alicia. Yeah. But that was a huge win for me. Huge win for me. Okay, what if I tone it back and say what are the biggest wins for yourself? Personally. Personally, without other people. Without other, other inf- external influences. Like mm. there's always going to be people that aid that, but like personally. Biggest win for myself is taking ownership of what I want in life. Mm-hmm. And, Massive. And, and finding the courage to resign from my job. Mm-hmm. So for me, for anyone that doesn't know, like I've worked in real estate for a long time. Um, I work, I've worked alongside my cousin, Jay, who to me has been an inspiration my whole life. I've always looked up to Jay since I was really, really young. And I had the honor of working alongside him for so long. But I felt this such an overwhelming sense of, sense of obligation to the job because of him. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't happy in this job. I knew this job wasn't serving my higher purpose. But mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer that everything happens in divine timing, which is what's happened now. Um and it got to a point where, like, <laughs> I'd keep saying, all right, once I sell all my properties on my books, I'm resigning. <laughs> and then I'd get to the point where I had them all under contract and I'd get a phone call with, like, three different people wanting me to sell <laughs> yeah, their properties. And I'm like, 
fuck. <laughs> and like it's such a first world problem because it's such good money, but it's like it really didn't – I didn't enjoy the job. Yeah. And um, I st- I'd still show up to the job 100% because I liked I, – I do enjoy when I work. Like if it's – you know, Yeah. If I'm in that good headspace. Yeah. And but you I think, appreciate how hard you work too, so it's like – But I think coming out of my – that dark space and then realizing that it wasn't serving me. I was like, I need to detach. I need to get rid of it. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, it got to the point where I worked up the courage and I went, you know what? I've just got to have this chat with him. Like I really want to go all in with the gentleman's club. So I'm going to have to tell him. Mm. And so I guess taking ownership of what I wanted in life was a huge win for me. Yeah. That's, that's probably massive, been, yeah, it's probably been the biggest win this year for me. Um, second, Second biggest win would be, yes, yeah, starting the Gentleman's Club, mm-hmm. like finding purpose of something that really excites me, that really gets me st- like fire stoked in me. Yeah, yeah. Especially because like this program that we've, we've like designed is something that I wish I had when I was going through my depression. Mm-hmm. You know, we're learning everything from goal setting, nutrition, finance. You know, we're doing a rite of passage, almost survival camp. It's like, fuck, where was this when I was going through my shit? But you know what? That doesn't matter because I've been able to, alongside two incredible men, mm. put this together for other men that may be going through that issue. Yeah. And then I guess my third biggest win for the year would be doing charity concert. Like that so was fucking good. fun. That was so, so much good. fun. And that's something I'm so passionate about is giving back. And, you know, especially with everything going on right now, it's like it was just something that I was really passionate about and I'm, I still am. Like if I could – my biggest goal, my goal in life is to change the world. Yeah. I want to change the world. Yeah. But the world, that world starts with the world in front of me. Mm-hmm. I've got to change my world first before I can change the world. Yeah. And people might be like, oh, fuck, he's up, his, he's up himself. But when, when, let, me, let me elaborate. It's like when I did my research into the global water crisis, it broke my fucking heart yeah. to think of how much we, we take water, like clean water for granted. And the fact it costs so little, so little to provide clean water to the people that need it. Mm which then puts me in another whole rabbit hole that I'm not going to go down with why I think this shouldn't yeah. be an issue. We've had this discussion. But it, it just... Do you think a, a better way to word it, I guess, to like stop that judgment from other... Not that it matters anyway, but it's like you want to be part of... I want to be part of a change. I want, yeah, yeah, I want to be part of the change. I want to help change yeah. the world because we, do, we all have this power within us. And I said before, we all have this innate power within us. It's just a matter of finding it. Mm-hmm. And I, I found it because my grandfather, rest in, rest in peace, Bob, like he was my hero and still to this day is my hero. He would do – he'd go above and beyond for people that needed help. Yeah. He was so selfless in the way he was and I, I it's something that I feel is quite um, – within me, like I have that desire as well. And so when I did this concert, when I put this concert on, like I paid for all of it myself and it cost me a fucking arm and a leg. But yeah. it was so rewarding to see – all the people that came and supported me, but the message I was sharing to them is, okay, you all came because you're supporting me, but you've just helped change. Every single one of you in here has helped change the life of people. Like yeah. we've all helped change, change people's lives, like literally change their lives. Yeah. And it's like, if I'm one person and I can go out and do this, we as a collective around this world can change the world. Definitely. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Yeah. It took me four months to organize and it cost me thousands of dollars. But that was nothing in the scheme of how many lives it changed. Yeah. Would I do it again? Yes. I'm already thinking about starting to plan the next year's one, you know, because... And you broke that cycle of you thinking that one person couldn't have it. Yeah. Impact. Well, not you, but you know what I mean? That, yeah. That, there was that so much doubt. Like dogma of, oh, one person can't do anything. 
but we all can. Yeah. Well, it's like, what's that saying about the mosquito? It's like, if you think... One person can't make a difference. What's, what is one mosquito in a quiet yeah, room? Yeah, try sleeping in a room, room with, with a one mosquito. mosquito. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's so, it's so interesting because, like, like, I've got a video that I haven't even released yet from the night. And I said something at the end. I'm like, you know, I'm just one man who had a dream to make a difference. Mm. And this is just the beginning. Yeah. You know, because I, I've, I'm a firm believer that I've been put here for a reason. I've had a numerous um, spiritual leaders and pastors and stuff prophesy over me when we were going, was it Harvest? Was it, it used to be called Harvest where we went yeah, to youth? Harvest Church, yeah. So when we were at Harvest, there was a South African preacher that came over. I don't know if you remember that youth night. I can't remember no, his name. Mate, I've blocked out so much shit from their name. Oh, me too. Me too. But I remember this night because I remember standing in the crowd and he pointed me out and he's like, you're, you're been put on this earth to heal. You're, you're a healer. And I was so like, you're awesome. fucking off your head, mate. I was like, I don't know what the fuck. What do you mean by that? And then like, I've had numerous people within, like whether they be spiritual guides, mm. like when I say spiritual guides, like people that are like believed to be really tapped in with the other side and other pastors that say there's someone here that's a healer and they always call me out of the crowd and I've never yeah. thought anything of it, but... You know, now I look at it and it's like we all have a healer within us. We all have a healing archetype within us. Yeah. You know, maybe I Absolutely. was just embodying that. And you have a pure heart too. And I think you, regardless of all of the stuff that has happened, you've always had that pure heart and it's it's drawn people in. And I think that is that is powerful in itself because you heal people by being you, you know? <laughs> Thanks. I don't, I don't like – I don't look at it like that. I think – uh, there's a bit of deconditioning I need to do around that for myself personally on this journey that I'm in. But mm. I think just taking that step because I've had so many ideas in the past. I'm like, this would be sick. Like, let's do this. Let's do this. And I'll, <laughs> put ideas, all, <laughs> I'll put all these ideas together and then nothing come to fruition. Mm. But then when I made the commitment, I was like, no, you know what? I am passionate about this. Like um, it all just fell together. Like you, you were there when I came up with the idea and I was like, we're yeah. at the front of my place. It's like, fuck, I'm going to hold a concept for charity. And you're like, yeah. what? And I'm like, yeah, and it's going to be easy. Yeah. It was, it was easy. <laughs> there was some challenging, challenging points along the, lo- along the road. But I guess, yeah, what the, the roundabout way of me saying this is like, I also did that to show others around me that we all have the capability mm-hmm. to make change. I tried to take my own life last year. Yeah. Fast forward one year and I'm putting on a concert to help save lives. Yeah. We can all do this shit. Yeah. It's just a matter of making that decision within yourself. It's like, I want change. Yeah. And I want it now, but it has to start with me, going back to what we were talking about just moments ago. Yeah. And that journey that I went on there, that gave, that shed a lot of light on like, again, coming, coming forward to where I am now. It's like going, you need to get rid of your job. Like mm-hmm. you're being called for something greater, yeah, something different. And I just had to surrender and trust. And something that lights you up. Like yeah. I, I, did a, I did a mushroom ceremony with, um, with my partner and I hope she forgives me for talking about this. Um, we did a mushroom, like a medicinal mushroom ceremony mm-hmm. um, and – it just awakened so much to me. Yeah. And my grandfather came, visited both of us in that space. She saw him before I did. I felt him. She saw him through me. Wow. Um, and then she addressed it while I felt it, which really shook me. Like we have quite a psychic connection, Alicia and I. It's quite insane. You've seen it. Mm. Um, and, 
Yeah, I think I said in the, the podcast with Nicole, I just didn't let anyone know it was a mushy journey, but like I went and cried under the full moon at Fraser and I just bawled my eyes out and I was like, you know what, I surrender to yeah. a divine purpose for my life. Yeah. I no longer want to be restrained or confined to this nine to five, um, you know, stereotype or this, you know, <laughs> narrative in which we're all conditioned to believe coming out of the educational system. It's like, yeah, you found that self worth. I found that worth where it's like, what is it that I want from this thing called life? I'm 28 years old. I've had every job that I've ever had handed to me. Mm. I was blessed and great, like lucky enough to be able to travel the world competing in surfing for years, but none of it was for me. Yeah. Everything that I did leading up to this point was for acceptance of others and so others looked at me in a, in a light that made me look good. Yeah. But it got to the point where I was like, I don't, that doesn't matter. What matters yeah. is how I feel inside about myself, not what other people think about me from the outside. Yeah. I've and, lost it, and it brought you to that point too. Yeah. That's why it's so crazy when you look back on all that stuff and you're like, man, what was I doing? But it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I was bringing myself to here. Well, that's it. And like yeah. in human design, I've got the sixth line in my profile, which is um, it talks about it's like the role model. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've got this, I'm a six two, which is a role model hermit. So when I when I need to be a hermit, like I'll just switch off. People won't see me. Yeah, I people, back that. People try call me all the time. I'll just flag their calls because I'm just in my hermit. I just yeah. want to just sit by myself and just digest whatever I'm going through. Mm. Then I've got the sixth line, which is my conscious thoughts, which is the leadership or the role model. And I had no idea what this shit was until, you know, I did a rebirthing with Nicole and she's like, you're a 6'2 manager. I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? (laughs) But it just resonated so well with where I've been in my life. Yeah. And so now that since I've started stepping into that and living in alignment with that, my life has just gone 180. And yeah, it's just just like trusting, you know. You've done so well. Well, I got to thank you. Like you've kept me accountable for a lot of this journey. Yeah, but it's you that you've done. I know, I know, but... (laughs) I'm thanking you as well Thanks. because <laughs> take my take my appreciation. <laughs> I take the praise. But it's just I don't know, I'm just in this state right now where I'm just trying to encourage others. It's like yeah. fucking go out and do what you've got. We're going through a pandemic right now that was not foreseeable for anyone. Like mm. no one had any fucking idea we're gonna be where we are today. Yeah. If there was a time right now in your lifetime to change your life, it's now. Yeah. Given everything that's going on, it's like we we have no future guaranteed right now. Mm. So why not live the life that you want to live? Yeah, absolutely. Because you're not guaranteed tomorrow. We'll never guarantee tomorrow even before the pandemic, let alone now. Yeah. So start making conscious and active decisions to make your life exactly how you want it and go and chase it with 110%. Yeah. Because then if you, get, if you fail, you get up and go, that didn't work. What system needs to change? Mm. What part needs to change? Like I look at you, the way you've changed your jobs. Like when you were changing your job, you're like, you've done yours yet? I'm like, no. <laughs> like, have you quit your job yet? No, leave me alone. <laughs> I was like, I was feeling like it was getting squeezed out of it. And you, <sighs> but I watched the way you moved through it and the way you moved from like moving your houses and all the trials and tribulations you had. And I drew so much inspiration from you. I drew so much inspiration from Mitch. I drew so much inspiration from my brother and like, Again, it all came back to me putting in the effort, but yeah. I was watching those around me that were close, my dream team, mm. killing it. And I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> it's so good. We do only have one shot at this, and I'm going to do it how I want. Yeah. Some people aren't going to agree with it, but I don't give a fuck. Yeah. It's not their life to live. That's not my responsibility if they don't agree with what I'm doing. Yeah. It's my, I'm my own responsibility. 
And that's the thing, regardless of if you're doing what you want or you don't want, people are going to judge anyway. Yeah. So, so may as well do what you enjoy doing and get judged. Like, Fuck, you know. <laughs> people judge me when I was a real estate. It's like, man, I don't enjoy this. Yeah. It's an industry full of greed and deception. Do you really want – I don't want to be associated with that. Yeah. You know, I'd rather be associated with, you know, honesty, transparency, love, unconditional love for that fact. Yeah. Like, I'm a massive, like – Believer in unconditional love. Like, that's my religion, unconditional love. Mm. I still believe in Jesus, don't get me wrong. Like, you still hold, like, I still hold, like, a lot of Christ consciousness in my practices. But it's just unconditional love across the board. Just loving yeah. everyone regardless of their views, race, political stance, fucking corona stance, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, I fucking love you. You are a divine being in my presence and I'm so lucky to be in front of you right now. Yeah. And the moment that we can all start tapping into that consciousness, the more that the whole collective starts healing quicker, in my opinion. Yeah. It's acceptance. Right? Yeah. Accept yourself and you can accept others. Oh. It's so good. You know, like what, like listening to your story, like when we did the episode in honour of your father, like – that's a whole side of your life I didn't know about. Yeah. And it inspired me. <laughs> I don't tell me. much. People are like, you're lying. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I like, am not lying. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's incredible to, to hear that. And then to hear like, you know, when you got your glasses, how you're like, dude, I got these glasses today and I found out that they're this, like pretty much the same frame as what my dad wore. And like yeah. you've had so many synchronicities and stuff that have appeared in your journey where you're like, Correct me if I'm wrong, you're starting to realise too that you're starting to live in alignment. Yeah, 100%. And, and even Song said to you when you were with her the other day, like, you've got 10 years to use a gift, otherwise it's fucking gone. Yeah. I bet you that was a bit of a wake up call. Oh, absolutely. Tell it us. Was like, no pressure. Tell us. No a, pressure. Tell us more about that because, like, I want to hear about it and I'm sure, like, we've touched on it briefly in the last two episodes. Yeah. But I want you to tell the listeners because I'm intrigued probably just as much as they are. Well, it's hard because it's like something I haven't really opened up about. Well, just, just, share, just share what feels comfortable sharing. Well, there's been. So I'm just super intuitive and I've always been like that and I've always been – I always put it down to the fact that I've had like a really rough life so people find like find comfort in talking to me because they're like, oh, if she's, if, he's, if she's doing good, I can do good. You know what I mean? It's like I was always the broken one and if I could help myself and fix myself and get through life, then people were like, oh, that means I can do it because my life hasn't been that bad. Like that's what people used to say and – it wasn't even that because it was just like I just sometimes I just know what to say to people and it's like often I'll have conversations with people and it's just like it just comes out of me and I'm like oh, I don't even really remember thinking that but I've just said it anyway and also with my writing so like I do a lot of intuitive writing and so many times I've just had this call to like write something and I'll do it and often I read it and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, like, cool. And then I'll put it up or whatever. And it's happened multiple times now and people are like, I really needed this today. Like, thank you so much for writing this specific thing because it saved my life or it's helped me out of, like, this crazy depression or whatever. And I'm always like, oh, thanks. Like, it's so hard for me to take. I'm like, oh, I just wrote that. Like, didn't have like some meaning you know but it's just like these things that come out of me and I've had it a couple of times with some dreams where so what I call it is intuition I've always called it intuition and um, I've had a similar thing to you where all through my life people have been like oh you're different and like I was like yeah I am different because I've had a fucked up journey but it's like no you're different like you have this I've had people be like oh you're a light being or whatever and I'm always like 
whatever, like <laughs> go away because I've just really – fucking su- weird. Leave me alone. Yeah, <laughs> like suppress this part of myself. And Song said too about like you like, using that gift in the next 10 years. She's like, I don't know why you come to me because you know what you're meant to do. And she's like, I feel like I'm talking to a mirror of myself because you can just do what I'm doing. Like she, she like threw the tarot cards at me. She's like, here you go, you know what to do, you just do it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but I do it for my friends. Like I do like readings for them. I do, I've like sent people, I always ask if they want to know, but I've like sent people messages and been like, oh, I just have this calling to tell you this. And like, oh my God, this resonates with me so well. And call it what you want, woo-woo, channeling, whatever. And it's like, but it mostly has come through in my dreams. Like since I've been a kid, like I've been able to dream I just get these random dreams. Sometimes they're so real. Like had a dream about my friend having a car crash. That happened. Had a dream about my sister being pregnant. That happened. Had a dream when I was like five of like having a day at school. And on the way to school, we like picked up my teacher on the way to school. And then the next day it happened. All of these things that like I kind of go, oh, it's so weird. And like have told people about it. And they're like, oh, it's so fucking weird. Like you're lying or like, why are you saying that? And I'm like, why do you think I want to be weird? Like, yeah. I'm not telling you this. Do you think I'd alienate myself like this on purpose? Yeah. And that's what's happened is that I've tried to open up to people about it. And like all my mates don't have like the craziest dreams every night. And you were studying lucid dreaming for a second, like for a bit, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Just to help, learning me, about it? help me through it. Yeah. I was like reading a book called the art of dreaming by John Valo, uh, something John Valo. But the, it was just to help me because I was like struggling a lot because <laughs> it was just like so intense. But I've just really recently tapped back into it and just like following that intuition and it's led me into some just these weird synchronicities that have been happening. Um, it's started to help me write this new book I'm writing um, about the advice, like the 333 pieces of a never-ending puzzle. Um and it's just allowed me to really move on to my path. And I think when I spoke to Song about it, like regardless of what I do with it, because she's like, you don't have to become a healer. You don't have to become anything. She's like, but you just have a gift and you need to understand it in yourself because then you're understanding yourself. She's like, you've always thought you're weird. Everyone's always thought you're weird. And she's like, so why not be weird? And she's like, because – there's this thing in you that you've always had that you've suppressed and it just it just got to a point where I was like, you know what, I will. I will embrace it because I don't really care anymore about what people think of me. There's obviously to some extent like it will affect me but I know myself and I love myself and even if it's just cool that I get little messages through my dreams or messages when I'm talking to people, it's just – and that's why it was so good to talk to Nicole too because it's like we just don't talk about it because it's such a taboo subject. But everyone goes and searches out for those sorts of people. Like I've told someone about it before and like really opened up about it and they were like, oh, do me next. Give me one. And I'm like, this is not a game. Like, no. No, And right. I appreciated that because it's like it opened me up to like, oh, this is why we don't talk about it because mm. it's not normal and people think it's like a game that you can play or that it's like a toy. And I'm like, it's not really something I've wanted to have. It's just been there. And yeah. I've, it's only just in the past couple of weeks I've really been able to talk about it. Yeah. Because it's scary, man. It's like not scary to have it because I've always had it, but scary to open up to people about it because – Don't know how it's going to be received. Yeah. 
like Nicole said, it's like when we're talking to her, they throw you out the door. Like, oh, you're weird. But then in a couple months' time, they come to you and say, oh, I'm feeling off. Can you help me? And it's like, yes. (laughs) I want to say no, but yes. That was so interesting, that chat with Nicole, because like I know some of my friends like will have – I've got heaps of ghost stories, hey. Like so many ghost stories from when I was a kid. Ghost stories are mad. They're like so good. Everyone watches horror movies and I'm like – Oh, it's so good when you find someone. It's like, have you ever seen it? Do you know what the best thing is when you say to someone, have you ever seen a ghost? And they say no. And then they say, have you? And you tell them a ghost story and then they tell you a ghost story. And yeah. you're like, why so didn't you, you didn't, just tell yeah. me that? Yeah. I'm like, oh, I thought it was weird. One of my cousins, um, bless him, he's like, we'll talk him, his partner and I were talking about ghosts. He's like, no, I don't believe in that shit. And then she's like, what do you mean? You said you saw one the other night. And he's like, oh, piss off. Like, he's just playing oh, it off. But like, so I think cute. some people like live in, yeah, I'd say denial, but like that maybe they're not, they're not ready to be open to that realm. Oh, it's so scary, man. Like imagine if like we, oh, I'm just going to use the government as an example because everyone listens to the government. Um, <laughs> imagine if they came out and they're like, oh, spirits are real or like, Oh, yeah, there are ghosts living among um, – I hate the word ghost because it's so gross, but it's like entities? there are other entities living yeah. among us. People will be like, what the fuck? It would be absolute outrage because that is the whole fight. It's like science against religion. And the problem is is that all of these like really taboo sort of subjects about energy and spirits and having a soul, it's all been pushed into the religious corner. And it's only now we're going through this transitional period of society where we've got down right to like the quantum crux of particles and things where there's some things we can't explain. And yeah. now religion and science is blending because they I need, can't they need tell to lean you on matter. It to answer. Yeah, I can't yeah. tell you matter is solid when it's filled with like 95% empty space. Mm. And what that empty space is, is just energy potential. People are like, what the fuck does that mean for our society? But you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like yeah, we've yeah. dissected things so much and we've created such a split in society between physical and non-physical and understood it as just that. And now it's got to this point where it's like we're now blending because there are so many things we can't explain. Hmm. And it's becoming so much more, I guess, accepted in society. Like, you know, back in the day, you couldn't say to someone, oh, my energy feels off. Oh. They'd be like, what the fuck did I you I would even say? think that if someone said to me, like, energy like, you're fucking weird, man. Like, yeah. It's only been like since I've been going through this like self-awakening that I've realized how important energy is. Well, and it's, that's what we are. Yeah. We're all yeah. energy. And I think it's like, it's, it's, an, it's an amazing, even though there's so much stuff going on in the world, it's like, I don't see it as bad because it's like an amazing thing where we're just really all getting more tapped into ourselves and by getting more tapped into ourselves and that self-love and all of that sort of stuff the energy side to life which is basically all of it but it's like that energy aspect of life that we never spoke about is now coming to fruition yeah and i'm like so excited to see isn't it interesting like i had this chat with was it definitely i've definitely had this chat with alicia probably had it with a few people it's like even though there's all this doom and gloom with what's going on and like everyone's got these <laughs> these theories about the government, theories about the virus, and all the rest of it. Anyway, I I, I tend to be skeptical on all aspects of sides. Um, I just yeah, I do my best to just stand up for what I believe is just human rights. Anyway, mm. it doesn't matter what side you're on. But it's it's oh, interesting. It's, gro- it's, gro- it's gross. The energy's gross. The energy's like, gross. <laughs> but I had a giggle. Um, 
I have a giggle with a few people because I'm like, if anything, like we should be excited. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, how can you be excited in a pandemic? It's like, well, we are literally living in a time right now that is changing the world as we know it. Yeah. Whether it be for bad or for good, like it, it all comes down to your perception of it and how yeah. you view it. And you're like, okay, well, how am I gonna, how am I gonna mold, like, move and maneuver myself, and you know, um, expand, shift, whatever I need and to, just adapt. and yeah. just adapt to it. Like, yeah. if, it's happening like, anyway. And this is why I came back to what I was saying before. Like, if there was a time to change your life, like now's a fucking time. Yeah. Because this is gonna set you up for the rest of your life once all this shit's done. Yeah. Regardless of whatever whatever happens moving forward, like I see so many people living in fear. Mm. Because it's so confusing. It is so confusing. But like, there's definitely points where you can be afraid. Like, I'm scared as shit. Mm. Like, there's there's so much of me that's petrified. But that's where I ground myself through my breath work, through, you know, connection with others or whatever it may be and go, you know what? I'm still alive. I've still got my friends and family. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm still so blessed. This is exciting because I have no fucking idea what's going to happen. Yeah. And when you can change that perspective to that, away from fear, it reminds you that life's just a game. Yeah. And we're all playing it. Mm. It's just a matter of how you want to play the game. Yeah. It's so just interesting. Just being open. Yeah. yeah. I just before we go, I want to touch on my three biggest wins of this year is... I was going to ask you that question. I thought we were going to keep going. And Sophie, <laughs> Sorry, Sophie. This is the Josh and Ailish show yeah. now. <laughs> what my, were your three biggest wins? My three biggest wins are definitely... Quitting my 80-hour work week. So quitting two jobs. Yeah. <laughs> quitting my cycle of detriment to myself. Um, definitely embracing my weirdness. So as Jordan likes to call it, I'm super weird. And just embracing that weirdness of myself because it's my kid self and it's like when I'm – being weird and being who I really, truly believe I am, I'm so happy and it's been so hard for me to get to that point and develop that self-worth. So that's definitely another win. And also doing the podcast because this has been absolutely life-changing for me. It's just like even just being able to listen back to my own voice, epic. See, I have the total opposite to that. Yeah. You know me, like I barely listen to our episodes. Yeah. And like, everyone I don't writes want to me listen off. Listen to my voice. Everyone writes me off. What? The, what do you mean you don't listen to them? I just can't. But I like the fact that you listen to them on our behalf and you give me back the feedback. I love it. I just <laughs> love it. And it's just like because when we're in these conversations too, it's like we're present, but you think it's so intense in the moment. Yes, yeah, so I love listening back. Like I listen back to Zane's one, and it's just like so nice to almost be an observer to that and just the connections that it's brought us like even to trav like trav's podcast is so good and it's like i was always kind of like oh we're doing a podcast you know i had this like weird thing and then you know trav's such a beautiful human and the stuff that i've learned through even the technician is just like so cool Mm. and it's just awesome to connect with people that all have this sort of vision of doing what they love yeah, and really embracing that true self. And just with Jordan and Exalto and then like him supporting us on this podcast, it's, it's just amazing. And I think I'm so grateful for that moment where we were absolutely shit based and reconnected because as much as it was such an out yeah. of the blue thing and we're not those people now, it's like that birthed this. Yeah, it did. And it's just 
It's so cool. We've had a wild journey, our friendship. Oh yeah. It's been a it's been a wild. People wild are like, when did you guys meet? We're like, oh, we're like twelve. Yeah. We went to youth group. It's like what? <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. We're like, They're best like you went to church. I was like, um, I hid my tail. And devil, and devil is. Okay. I'd wear a hat to the hats and no one saw my horns. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. They're like, you've got the biggest potty mouth as if you went to church. I'm like, oh, yeah. I just uh, didn't talk. I've got a question for you. <laughs> yeah. What was your favorite episode from, uh, from season one? Oh. With all respect to every guest on there, but like, what I know what mine was. Like, I know what conversation that I had where I sat there just going, holy shit. Oh, that's so difficult because they're all so good. Um, oh, it's hard too because I got season two in my head as well. So I'm like, oh my god. Um, probably. Oh, I don't know. Like, I loved Matt's one because I'm just really interested in like the army and mm, he's lived many lives. Yeah, like that really interests me, mm. and like that man is just. Oh, he's so beautiful. Oh, and then there's just... also things like with Cal. That was also really See, cool. Cal was my favourite. Yeah. Like having done work with Cal for my back, um, knowing Cal for so long, to sit down and actually pick his brain. Like mm. the the amount of knowledge that man has yeah. is like, I get it. I'm in awe, of, in awe of him. Yeah. It's quite impressive what, he, what he's done with himself. It's amazing. I think like there's so much – every episode was so different. Yeah. Because like even the one with Connor – Talking about emotions, like that was massive for me. And like when I listened to that again the other day and I was like, damn, I'm a different person now listening to that. And think about how far he's come to since yeah. then. Like he's had a wild transformation since that episode too. Shout out to you, Connor. Yeah. You're the man. Just all of them. Amazing. Yeah. But probably definitely for me, like Matt. Yeah, right. Cool. Because it was just so sick. It was so cool to just listen to his life. Yeah. It's amazing. So good. So yeah. good. I forgot that um, I know we've gone over time. I, I kind of forgot to talk about the Gentleman's Club. I've said like numerous times I was going to come back to it. <laughs> so I feel like I should Go probably say something. I should do plug a plug. It, hey, plug it. Okay, I'll plug it. So, yes, as you're probably well aware now listening to this, the Alish and Josh show, I've quit my job. Dun, da, da, da. And, yeah, myself, Jordan, Potts and Mitch Adams have designed a six-month program health and wellness program for men on the Sunshine Coast. My goal is to take this as far and wide as I can. Mm. Um, and six-month program and we're doing mindset, um, importance of movement. We're doing the parasite gut cleanse through corrective culture. Um, then we're getting Sheridan Austin in to help us then integrate diet into our lives. We're talking to a man by the name of Paul Council about wealth and dealing with your finances on a basic level for men because I know for myself, being an ex-gambling addict, I need it. Um, you know, we're going up to the pottery studio and then we're doing, yeah, that rite of passage camping session. And it's just like, I think it's something that's really important for men, um, especially moving forward in this time. Like we've so, for so long... When you think about gym, it's like you go, you lift heavy weights, you get ripped, you know, fucking all about the gains. Like, fuck that. Like, so many people I know that have been in that environment that, like, have now got injuries or they can't train anymore or, like, myself included. Like, my back's fucked since I was doing Olympic lifting. And it's just changing the way men view training and holding each other accountable and being in a tribe-like environment. So for any men that, you know, have listened to not only my story, but this podcast or, you know, podcasts involving Jordan, 
and they feel like something resonates with them and they, they want to see change in their life and, you know, implement some of the things that we've spoken about. Like I think the Gentleman's Club is for you because it's literally all of them shoved into one program over six months. Mm, so powerful. And it's something that, you know, again, like I said, like I've quit my job. I'm not taking a wage out of this. I'm just going all in 100% because the stuff that we're going to be teaching saved my life. Like the stuff that we're, we're teaching have stopped me from – ending my life short, like prematurely. Mm. And I know with Jordan, he'd say the same thing. Like a lot of the stuff that we're going to be teaching has helped him. Same with Mitch. So if any, any guy listening to this wants to know more about the Gentleman's Club, please reach out. Um, it's well and truly underway. But, you know, for the next intake or future intakes, let us know because, yeah, it's, we're trying to change, um, change the stigma around the world Gentleman's Club because it usually is associated with a strip club. Yeah. But we want to. We really want to bring it back to you know for men stepping into their divine masculine rather than their toxic masculinity. So that's my plug. Thanks so for that. Awesome. You got to give a plug to Exalto now. <laughs> well, I think everyone knows that yeah. they should come to Exalto. Um, but Jordan is offering. I sh- I should say Jordan and Nicola. Yes. Jordan and Nicola. The owners of Exalto or the founders of Exalto. That sounds so much nice when you say founder. Yeah, the yeah. founders of Exalto um, are offering any person that listens and mentions human beings to them when inquiring a discounted package. So it's $99. That's it. That's it. For the fundamentals package, which is two one on one sessions with the coaches mm-hmm. and a week. Two weeks. Two weeks free. Oh, my God. Two weeks Everybody free. loves free stuff. Come and join in with us. Like, Ailish trains in 5.30 in the afternoon. I trade at 5 a.m. in the morning. Sometimes yeah. 5.30 in the afternoon with Ailish it's on so Mondays. It's so good to come to 5.30 p.m. It's, yeah, 5.30 p.m. is getting out of control Yeah, because we keep bringing everyone to yeah. <laughs> Come play with us. But literally, but it's really yeah. fun. I think just like, you know, it's got the, it's got the functional movement. It's got amazing Strength. vibes. Ice baths. Strength, breath work every day. Breath work, mind flex. There's so many things that it doesn't really matter who you are as a person, mm. as long as you really want to step into yourself and just be a part of a sick tribe and just like really good vibes and just make yourself feel good, whether it's at the start of the day, end of the day. You never have a bad set. Like what I've noticed, mm. and like I've had, like I've been to numerous gyms, heaps different gyms, and even Jordan doesn't like calling it a gym because it's a holistic health hub. Yeah. Um, but it's it's so much more than just going and doing a training session. Like you're literally stepping into being a part of something. Like we did a fucking Latin dancing night for Jordan's oh birthday, God, and wasn't so that the best good. night ever? So good. Like just some of the stuff they do is just phenomenal. And so like anyone wanting to like make a change, where yeah, like they're offering all of our listeners just like such an incredible pack that they don't really offer too many. Uh, like they offer yeah. it every now and again for maybe like a Christmas special if you want to try it out. But like they're offering it to our listeners. And I think the thing is too, it's there's no locking contract. It's ninety nine dollars. You get the fundamentals and you get the two weeks free. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. Yeah, but I think it's just good to come and try something different and just experience something a little bit different for yourself. Meet Jordan because he's an absolute legend, or His meet any of wild. the other coaches, Joel or Eddie. And I just Saran. Oh yeah, Saran, you Saran as well. there too. But I just think it's amazing to try something different. So if you're on the Sunshine Coast. And well, anywhere really. But if you're on the if you're around this area and you'd like to come try, then that's the deal that you can use. And I promise it's worth your while. Yeah, and if you want to train with us, let us know. We'll make sure we're in there at the same time. Come and introduce yourself. Don't be shy. (laughs) 
Don't be shy. But um, look, guys, again, we want to thank you all for the last 10 episodes of the Human Beings podcast. There's going to be plenty more. Plenty, plenty more. Just getting better. Yeah, literally, season two has been a fucking vibe. Yeah, <laughs> it is. can't wait. There's so much in store. So much in store. We've, um, we've got some pretty exciting things planned for season three. Mm-hmm. That's like I don't want to I don't want to say yeah. too much, but like Alicia and I have hold planned on, some really fucking exciting stuff for season three. So it's going to be a totally different vibe, um, totally different makeup of how we're going to run it. But I'm sure, um, yeah, rolling off season two, there's going to be some pretty powerful stuff coming through. Oh yeah! So again, thank you everyone. Until next time, Josh and Alicia signing off. Bye.